Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. What's happening to my son, doctor? Miss Mash, we've done a complete medical workup on Toby, but I'm afraid the worst fears have been confirmed. Your son is turning into a potato. A potato? Wait, this is crazy. Why can't you just tell me where we're going? Because our flight leaves in two hours. If we want to go, we got to pack. Right now. If we take time to discuss it, we'll never make it. So, Donna, I'm going to ask you again. Are you in? Say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. All right. What the heck? I'm in. At night, I'd hunt for fireflies. A flash of gold before my eyes. I'd run through sprinklers in my clothes, squishing mud between my toes. We'd pack the car and drive for days, playing games along the way. I'd build castles out of sand, tiny shovels in my hand. Three months I stretched to make them last. Moments from my summer's past. The Struggle is Real podcast starts in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Struggle is Real. I'm Veronica Avila, and as always, in the great company of Omar Ramos. Hello. Hi, and Dr. Alicia Laos. How are you guys? We're doing really well. I am excited that summer is around the corner. I don't know about you ladies. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready, doctor? <laughs> Super ready. Over ready, if that's possible. <laughs> and I'm sure that the kids are anxiously waiting Ecstatic. for that. Yes, for the break to, to, to get out there and do fun stuff. Now, since the summer is here, well, that's going to be part of our topic today, a topic that concerns parents with school-aged kids, and it's called School's Out. School is actually out for some students and almost over for all students, or, you know, some students that are getting ready to proceed over to the college life. The question now is, what can the kids do this summer? To talk about it, we've invited Audrey Monkey. Audrey is a summer camp director, writer, speaker, and podcaster at Sunshine Parenting. Audrey, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really happy to be back with you today. And we're happy to have you back. And for those of you listening, we just learned that Omar and Audrey are from the same part in California. Yes, Central California. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what was your favorite summer activity when you were a kid? Ladies first, Audrey? Well, my best memories probably led to what I do now. I just love water, anything in the water. Mm -hmm. And my dad grew up loving boats. So we would either rent a boat or go and go on these camping trips with other families and play in the lake and go boating. Those are my probably my best memories. I learned to water ski when I was five, swimming and being outdoors being in the water and in the sun. Those are my favorite memories, probably. Dr. Alicia? I would say being outside and just mm -hmm. having those lazy summer days. I remember climbing trees a lot with my sisters. Wow, there must have been like a lot of trees in your area, <laughs> Dr. Alicia. You know what I would say, and I would take it to what Audrey just mentioned, that the whole water thing back in California, that's like a big thing during the summer. Growing up in areas with like big lakes, for example, Kauia Lake, mm -hmm. uh, summer came around and I had these cousins that lived in the area. We didn't do the water skiing thing because first of all, we couldn't afford it. And second of all, because our parents were super protective so mm -hmm. there was no way in the world you were going to get on a jet ski or water ski and all that stuff. But we were allowed to kind of like explore and fish and all that good stuff. So it would have to be summer was with my cousins, mm -hmm. Freddie, Beto, and Victor. That's what it was every summer of just being around the water. And I was happy. 
So cool, so cool. I remember when I was a kid too, I would, most of, of my childhood while I was here in Chicago, I was always inside. My mom was the overprotective mom, so they wouldn't let us out too much. My goodness. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> but we would look forward to summer because that meant we were going to be in Mexico for three months. And I loved it because I was free. <laughs> I could go anywhere and I would be around my cousins who I didn't see throughout the whole year. So I was always looking forward to that fun summer with mm. with the cousins and my grandparents in Mexico. So that was yeah. Yeah, those those trips to Mexico, no, I mean, major fun, no doubt about it. Now, I'd like to uh, share some facts here with you before we kick off our discussion. At courtesy of FactRetriever.com in the United States, the top five most popular summer vacations are, one, beach and ocean, Mm -hmm. two, a famous city, three, national parks, four, a lake, like we just mentioned, Mm -hmm. and number five, a nice resort. Huh. And now the top five most popular summer vacation activities in the U.S. are shopping. Mm. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Visiting historical sites, swimming, water sports, and going to a park or a national park and sightseeing tours. I know you like to do that, Dr. Laos. With your family. Oh, I love just, it's free and you can go to different state parks. So every time we travel, my husband and I like to take the kids. I have this rule. That's a three-day rule. So if I'm flying, everybody comes with me after three days. So it doesn't matter what state we are. We do a couple things. One is we hit the libraries. Mm-hmm. We hit the museums because with the membership of the local museum, you can go to free museums usually across oh, the cool. nation. And then third, we hit the state parks. It's a lot of fun. Lots Very nice. Now, with all that said, uh, there's something that I want to mention here that I think is very important. According to the CDC, children are more likely to gain weight over the summer because kids, or some kids can be less active, mm-hmm. are more likely to have an inconsistent sleep schedule and tend to eat more junk food. And we see that a lot and more often nowadays. Yes, especially with all the uh, electronics, right? They don't mm-hmm. want to go outside. They'd rather They're addicted uh, play. to those yeah. darn video games. This next sketch is actually going to touch a little bit on that. So why don't we go ahead and listen to this? This is called Couch Potato Tosis. Hello again, Miss Mash. Thank you for waiting. How are you feeling today, Toby? Uh, I see you've got your tablet there. What are you watching? Uh, I see. What's happening to my son, doctor? Why don't you have a seat? All right. Before I tell you what we've discovered, let me ask a few questions. We need to be absolutely certain of this diagnosis before we proceed. What diagnosis? All in due time. Uh, uh, Toby, these growths on your skin, when did you first notice them? Mm. About a month ago. Hmm. And other than coming to these doctor's visits, how mobile have you been? Are, are you very active at home, for instance, Toby? Some days he can hardly move, doctor. The last few months, it's like he has no energy at all. Only the last few months? Oh, yes. When he was in school, before the summer break, he would play soccer and basketball. He was very active. I see. Miss Mash... We've done a complete medical workup on Toby, but I'm afraid the worst fears have been confirmed. Your son is turning into a potato. A potato? A couch potato, to be exact. Toby has couch potatosis, the worst case I've ever seen. There have to be more tests you can run. Maybe it's something else, anything else. I wish it were, but these tests are conclusive. We, we got the lab work back from the unusual growths on Toby's skin, the eyes, if you will. They're tater spots. Oh. 
You see how Toby's becoming rounder here and here? That's the transformation in action. If left unchecked, he could become a perfect oval. Like a potato. Worst of all is this chart. This is the amount of starch Toby has in his blood. Now, the average person is 0% starch. The average potato is 18%. What is Toby? 17%. If Toby reaches 18%, it'll be too late. Is there any way to stop it, doctor? There's a treatment we can try. It's, It's not popular, but it's our only hope. I'll write you a prescription. We'll try anything. What is it? Get the heck outside. Don't be like old Potato Toby over here. Try Get the Heck Outside. Get the Heck Outside is for everyone. There's no need to talk to your doctor before you try Get the Heck Outside. Just do it. Side effects may include perspiration, shortness of breath, dry mouth, and fatigue. But even so, get the heck outside. Don't just sit around all summer eating, watching TV, being on your phone. Get the heck outside. To avoid couch potatosis, your doctor may recommend walking, running, hiking, biking, swimming, reading in the shade. It doesn't matter. Just get the heck outside today. Thank you, doctor. You've saved my son. Don't thank me. Thank Get the Heck Outside. Couch potatosis. Potatosis. Who would have thought you can get couch potatosis? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That was a fun uh, sketch to listen to, but there's an underlying and serious problem here, doctor. Our kids are spending more time indoors than outdoors. Tell us more. Yeah, I mean, depending on what survey you read, it's anywhere from 6 to 12 hours that folks, kids are st- um, spending on media, whether that's Netflixing mm. or apps or, you know, gaming. gaming. There's a reason for that. I mean, technology folks are not dumb. They know how to create triggers. For example, if you do Netflix, you notice that automatically it just kind of keeps looping. Yes. Right? So you could just sit there and stream forever. Or you've got little notifications that the apps with the games play. Mm-hmm. Or there's random ways that you get rewards. There's a lot of psychological thought that goes into the, these processes mm-hmm. that make these kinds of activities be addictive. Because, of course, folks want to make money out of you. Of course. <laughs> as kids. Of course yeah. And so as parents, if we're not really thoughtful and we don't create some boundaries around that um, it makes it easy and also if you know you have to work and you don't know what to do with the kids kids are not going to necessarily be self-directed to go outside or to do activities um, they they may but you know you might not just want to let them run roaming outside by themselves all day either so there's a lot of reasons why that is the occurrence and so if there isn't a habit created throughout the year and summer comes along it's an easy thing for kids to pick up just beyond Netflixing all day or what have you. The sun is finally here in the Chicago <laughs> area. So I am going to open that door. yard door, get out, <laughs> go out there, get on your bike, do something, right? Yeah, we're going to stay active, no doubt about it. Now, Audrey, um, I'd like to ask you if you could share some advice so that parents could be more proactive to have fun, develop healthy activities, and be wiser with food choices that are available so we could like uh, obviously share that with our kids. Sure. Well, it is so important to get outside for all of us, for adults and kids, just Mm -hmm. for our well-being. It's so healthy for us, and we are not getting out as much. I think parents seem to be, you know, there was was something I saw where it talked about, like, our great-grandparents, you know, how far they roamed from home Mm -hmm. alone. When they were, like, six or seven years old, they would go miles, you know, away from home. And then it's gotten smaller and smaller to the point that now parents feel like their kids can only go 100 feet or something, you know, when they're, like, seven years old from their house. You know, the uptick and screen use is parents have a perception that they're safer being just inside on a screen than outside playing. But I think we need to let the kids outside to play because they learn so much out there 
part of it is their balance is so much better when they are hiking over different terrain and climbing up some trees and rocks and exploring. So just getting outside is so critical for our health. That's one thing that, you know, at being a summer camp director, mm-hmm. a lot of parents, the reason they want their kids to go to camp is just because they know, first of all, they will be unplugged, no screens. It's a screen, kind of a detox time. And they're going to be outdoors a lot of the time. So parents know that that's a a really big value. Yes. Um, In terms of snacking and everything, I just think too, when you're busy and doing things outdoors, you just don't think about snacking as much. It's funny at camp, you know, kids, I don't know if you guys remember Mm -hmm. when, when I was a kid, we didn't have snacks. We had breakfast. We went to school. (laughs) We drank from the drinking fountain. We had lunch. We'd have like a snack after school, maybe, Mm -hmm. and then dinner. But now it's like just the whole world is just snacking all the time. Kids always have a bag of uh, goldfish or whatever. But um, at camp, the kids, they just have our regular meals. We have snacks available if they're really hungry in between like some fruit or something. But they really don't even think of it. And we get to lunch and we're really hungry. And we get to dinner and we're really hungry. And they Mm -hmm. eat really good, real meals. So they eat the entrees and the real food that's being provided. Because we know when you're snacking all day on whatever, you're just not as hungry when you get to your actual meal. So I think that's part of it. When you're active and doing fun stuff, I don't think Mm -hmm. you snack as much. I think snacking kind of goes along with sort of being inside, watching TV, Mm -hmm. not doing much. It's funny that you say that because I I think it's become a norm. Even in school, they'll ask to always provide a snack. And a bottle of water mm-hmm. every day for the kids. But it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said it. When we were kids, I don't remember ever having the... Mm-hmm. the I, I mean, I, I would have like the, the popsicle or something like that, right? But not... What are those little cheese uh, Cheez-Its or... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are obviously not good for All him. All the fake cheese stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, then we have the problems. Actually, yesterday, I, I had to take my son to the doctor because he had like a... He told the nurse he had like a fast heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we took him in and everything. But then it, it's really funny because you start analyzing the past weekend. He had his first soccer game. And the coaches there said that they saw him a lot slower than last year. Mm. And mm. I think it's because he hasn't had so much activity. So now I'm wondering, maybe that's why his heart is beating so fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's conditioning. I mean, you know. Maybe yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's the first or the second. Yeah. But yes, if we keep them busy, then, you know, summer camps are a great idea. Uh, yes. They have a variety of activities uh, for the kids outdoors, like you mentioned. But then if we think about parents who can't afford to have the summer camp throughout the whole summer. What other options, doctor, do you think we can think of to mix it up? Maybe have summer camp, but also have something else to substitute. Yeah, there's a lot of activities. Forest preserves have a lot of activities in the summer, and often a lot of these programs are free. Um, Libraries have a ton of little workshops that you can go to that are also free. It does take just research. Mm -hmm. Park districts, there is usually a cost, but it's very moderate and affordable and all sorts of interests. They are appealing to different. There's half-day programs, full-day programs, all sorts of different programs. But you as a parent do have to do some research and work it out. And there's also even churches that offer um, these, you know, summer vacation Bible schools or just different kinds of um, neighborhood activities for kids. That's another way to you know, take them to places. <laughs> so let's start doing our homework, planning, coordinating, right? Yeah. I think there's a perception that summer camps are all very expensive. And there are some that are, but there are also camps that are free. Mm-hmm. And there are camps for kids with special needs. You know, there's camps for kids with all different things, diabetes, um, mm-hmm. all things. And so the American Camp Association, their mm-hmm. website is acacamps.org. 
has a lot of resources to finding both day camps and resident camps, and then also can direct families to scholarship programs. And parents can also partner with each other. So if you have some like-minded parents in your neighborhood and you all want to get your kids outside more, maybe even just partner up and take turns taking the kids to the park or doing outings so that you don't have to do it every day with your own kids, but maybe, you know, you have a little group of kids and you have a craft activity that you do together or something, but you can kind of rotate around. And then the other thing I want to make sure your listeners know that fourth graders, there's a, I have to remember, I think it's called Every Kid in a Park. It's from the National Park Service. Mm -hmm. Every fourth grader gets a free pass to every national park for them and their family. So you can go to national parks for free if you have a fourth grader in your family. Ooh, nice. Why fourth grade? Do you know? I have no idea, but we send it out to all of our fourth grade campers. Um, we've been saying, so, yeah, it, they just, I think they just picked, I mean, obviously they can't do all kids because okay. then every family would be getting into every park for free. So yeah. they're picking an age probably that they just want to start encouraging kids to get outside to parks, but it's really a great program. So to think about, you know, something like going to Yosemite, which could cost mm -hmm. just getting in the park could be, you know, $40 or something. It's free if you have a fourth grader and you get this pass. Pretty cool. Great conversation. We're going to go ahead and proceed over to our next sketch. This is called In or Out. Larry, Larry, Earth to little Larry, wake up. You'll never wake him up like that. Larry! Uh, what, huh? Donna! I'm up, I'm up! Uh. Why are the lights on? What time is it? 3.15? Uh, ooh, um... A.M. Well, obviously. Obviously. Why'd you wake us up? We have a proposition for you. You know how we couldn't take a family vacation this summer because we couldn't afford it? Yeah. Well, what if we could afford it? That would be good. Your father and I have been working all night on a very complicated itinerary that'll get us all six days, seven nights, and a very exciting destination for as little as $1,600. Total. Food, lodging, airfare, everything. You in? Where'd you want to go? Uh-uh-uh, my dear. You want to play, you gotta say. You're either in or you're out. Right now. I'm in. That a boy? What? This is crazy. Why can't you just tell me where we're going? Because our flight leaves in two hours. If we want to go, we gotta pack. Right now. If we take time to discuss it, we'll never make it. So, Donna, I'm gonna ask you again. Are you in? Say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, All say right. Yes. What the heck? I'm in. Tell her what she's won, Johnny. You and three fun family members have just won an all-expense-paid-by-parents vacation to... Drum roll, please. <laughs> Beautiful Bosnia. Bosnia and Herzegovina, to be exact. Lying mainly in the Dinaric Alps, snuggled between the southeastern European countries of Serbia and Croatia, Bosnia borders in part along the breathtaking Adriatic Sea. Bosnia is an amazing slice of the past and present-day Europe, a glimpse back to an older time, brimming with an eclectic mix of religions and cultures. It fascinates with the exotic and then surprises with the familiar. And it's cheap, too. But watch out for landmines. Yes, actually, that is... Good advice. Uh, there may still be landmines all over Bosnia, so watch your step. So we're going to Bosnia now. Wrong. But you just said... Right now, we're driving to Boston. Boston? Where else are we going to catch the 520 flight to Paris, silly? Paris? We get to see Paris? No. But I want to see Paris. Do you by chance have an extra $2,000 on you? No. Then we're going to have to go ahead and stick with our original plan and take the 6.40 p.m. bus to Sarajevo. We'll get in about 11 p.m. two days from now. And from there, it's $44 a day of Paris 
dice. Oh, yeah. That's right, Chica. Any questions? What do they eat in Bosnia? Bjork. <laughs> What's that? Oh, look at the time. We got to be on the road in five minutes. You two get packing. We'll meet you at the car. Dotada. That's just a little Bosnian I picked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the times will have. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? What? Okay, so we're back, and wow, my goodness, that was a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions. Mom and Dad have this dream vacation planned out that fits their budget, and it's everything except for a dream vacation, or is it, Dr. Alicia? <laughs> it's uh, an adventure. <laughs> That's what it is. It's an adventure, right? It it's a family adventure. Goodness. There you go. There you go. You got to give it to them. They're trying. Traveling from one place to the other, but it fit their budget. It was spontaneous. It was fast. Now, what happens when you are wanting to give your kids an awesome vacation? I know this happened to me a couple of years back when I took my daughter. We took our, our daughter to Disney World. She wanted to see Disney World. And we we're like, OK, we want to do this. But it was one of those things that we we're like, OK, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So it's a Tuesday. And we're like, let's buy it right now. Da-da-da. And it was spontaneous and it was very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> because we didn't even think about it. We just we just yeah. went out there. It was an adventure. But then we we had that big bill afterwards. How can we plan better? Yeah, so the spontaneous is really hard to pull off, especially because you have different personality members in yeah. the family. Some personalities, you know, they're okay with kind of, you know, pick it up the next day and you can go. But a lot of people like that planning and the ahead of time mm -hmm. and being predictable and knowing what's expected of them. One, two, you often find deals to places you want with time and planning and the wallet will feel it. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, <laughs> sometimes because if you're trying to be so inexpensive, you've got all these unforeseen things that you end mm -hmm. up having to pay for, like, yo, you the bus and now you got to take the next bus and it's X, Y amount. And before you know it, it ends up being a $3,000, $4,000 vacation that was supposed to be cheap because things happen. So you have to be careful with that. I do love the idea of saving for our vacations and experiences. And there's different ways you can do that. You can, a lot of families will do vacations that are like camping. Mm -hmm. The cost of those, you can have an amazing, beautiful experience yes. in time and the cost is just way affordable, you know, or go to a cabin. Depends if you plan it really well. A lot of families will save money by ranking points and different credit cards and the flights or things like that. That's to places right. Yeah. Are less expensive. And two, there's just all sorts of opportunities now like Airbnbs and things like that that offer places where you can lodge and stay less expensive. Or you have family members that perhaps you can leverage a visit to so-and-so. They live so-and-so and you can stay with them, right? Mm -hmm. So that helps kind of bring down the cost of things. Um, but yeah, it takes planning and some advance notice before you kind of go, I don't know. Let's just do this Or tomorrow. even do a family camp. There's, you know, I know Salvation Army does some family camps. I know Family Bridges, we have some family camps. Yes. It's just one or two evenings, but... Um, memorable, those, though. They're so memorable because you so do so memorable. many fun things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Memorable and you don't have to break the bank. Exactly. That's right. All right. Good stuff. So I guess we could jump into our next yeah. sketch. My querida Veronica, adelante. Yes. It's called Moments from My Summer Past. Blades of grass on naked feet. Melted ice cream in the heat. Sunburnt skin, a patch of shade. Cardboard stands with lemonade. Three months that seemed like such a blast. Moments from my summer's past. At night, I'd hunt for fireflies. A flash of gold before my eyes. I'd run through sprinklers in my clothes, squishing mud between my toes. We'd pack the car and drive for days, playing games along the way. I'd build castles out of sand, tiny shovel in my hand. Three months I stretched to make them last. Moments from my summer's past. Sparkler snakes and Roman candles burnt my fingers on the handle. 
I started working summer jobs. Lifeguard. Retail. I pushed a mop. The year I started summer school, didn't even see the pool. I lived abroad for three months. Whoa. Where at? Peru. I want to go. Three months that came and went so fast. Moments from my summer's past. But we can have those months again. Anytime that we remember them. It's not the same. I work. I'm tired. You could always go get fired. Or work real hard and then retire. Or just live one summer at a time. They'll each be different, but that'd be fine. When I have kids, I'll show them how to look back like we did just now, on summers I have yet to see, just like my parents did for me. And I will make those months surpass these moments from my summer's past. Well, that was beautiful. Hermoso. I loved it. Now, that was a look back at past summers by different voices. Some were happy and nostalgic. Some are sad and longing. Now, Audrey, how do we help our kids have the best summer experiences like we did or even better? You know, as I was listening and I, I kind of heard the whole thing about parents feeling that, oh, they're working so much and mm-hmm. how do you get those experiences? And I was thinking about I, one of the things I love in the summer is how it stays light so late in the evening. We mm-hmm. have like longer evenings. So depending on your work schedule, what about just making those evenings kind of fun with your kids, you know, whether it's going out to a park or having a barbecue or just kind of making those extended, you know, if you have a community pool, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that's a time of day during the summer that you can really Mm -hmm. um, utilize, you know, during the winter, it's dark and kind of the day ends so early, but during the summer, what about just making those evenings really fun as a family and, you know, getting outside and just, even if you have a few hours just to relax, I think you can bring some of those memories even in just that little part of your day. That was one I idea and especially in places that are hot the evening tends to cool down a little bit so Mm -hmm. it actually feels better to be outside Mm. so even if just a few evenings a week you have you know fun Mm -hmm. nice outdoor family time kids remember more the things that happened regularly Mm -hmm. than the one-time thing you know I think a lot of times we think we have to do some really huge vacation but really when kids look back and when we look back you kind of remember more the things that were just kind of part of your family tradition so maybe it's another family that comes over for a barbecue every Saturday or I don't know, just playing out in the street, you know, in your neighborhood. So it doesn't have to be fancy or expensive to just create happy, relaxed family memories, I think. Love it. Simple and memorable. Some of the family members Mm -hmm. in our neighborhood, they will, they'll take the tent out, you know, the camping tent yeah, Mm -hmm. and just put it in the backyard or the front yard, I know, for that evening. Good stuff. Easy, fun. Yes. Hmm. You don't have to as a parent deal with all the (laughs) uncomfortableness. So on that note, and talking about family members and even neighbors, and this one's really going to touch home with me, um, competition is a big thing among the people I just mentioned, the neighbors, family members. (laughs) Yeah. How do you help your kids not feel sad when they see their neighbors or cousins going on this fabulous vacation and they don't? Again, this touches home with me because Mm -hmm. this happened a lot with me. Our neighbors would go on that ski trip trip to the Bay Area or they would go so many cool places and I was stuck at home working out in the orchards doing boring stuff while everybody else was having the time of their lives when summertime came around. How do you how do you become like a counselor for your kids so they don't like freak out and get all depressed? Well, I always tell my kids comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> the, and I think That's staying cool. off social media and seeing what everyone else is doing nothing really good comes from scrolling through and seeing other people's fabulous vacations, cars, outfits, etc. So a little bit less of the looking and comparing to other people. And then 
kind of going back to the other thing, make your own fun memory. So maybe that other family goes on that trip, but what does your family do? Do you guys have popcorn every Tuesday night? I don't know. Just, or do you have this, some, do you do woodworking? I mean, there can be things that can just be your own things that you enjoy. And so I think spending more time doing fun things together rather than looking at or comparing to what other people are doing at camp, you know, we tell all the kids to just bring old clothes. They have no electronics. So it really takes away all that comparison stuff that kids, they just naturally, what shoes are you wearing? All this stuff goes on all year long. So I just love the more you just focus on having fun and doing active things together, the less you're concerned about what everyone else is doing. True. Can you say that phrase again? The one that you just said, comparison? Yeah. Theodore Roosevelt, I believe. Comparison is the thief of joy. My kids always, because whenever my kids start saying something to me about, you know, somebody else's, I don't even know, their SAT score, their whatever team they're on. They say, I know, I know, mom, comparison is a piece of joy Uh. (laughs) because all of us have our own strengths and different things going on. Same with families and we have different traditions and it's, you know, kind of celebrating and being excited for each other's different Mm -hmm. things. Um, That's the ultimate is to be at the point where you can say to your friend, that is so awesome that you get to go on that ski trip. That sounds like so much fun. And I got to do you know, I built this thing in my backyard this summer with my dad mm-hmm. or I don't know. So I feel like just being able to not worry so much about everyone else. And it's easier said than done. But I think that it's more how you talk about other mm-hmm. people, too. So if you as an adult model celebrating the things you get to do and not comparing, I think kids learn from that, too. And maybe if you do have the privilege of going to all these places with your kids, teaching the kids not to be bragging about it with everybody else, because I don't even know that that I mean, I know obviously it's naturally they want to maybe express, but there's one thing about talking about it and then there's another one of bragging right yeah love it okay there's always something beautiful of the place where you live at so how about enjoying that doctor yeah absolutely i think there's beautiful natural resources Mm -hmm. that you can take advantage of you know and that's something that we've learned to do as a family where again we go hiking and find you know the forest preserve or the state parks Mm -hmm. that a lot of times are free or if there's a cost it's low cost to go and enjoy and just explore what those places have to offer or a lake take a frisbee to a park go fly a kite you know the kites they're like three dollars if that in Walmart, you know, <laughs> it doesn't cost much and you just take a picnic uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, make it simple. Yeah. But like right. we said, memorable and really enjoyable. They're going to remember those moments, play some card games outside, you know, just just get out and enjoy. Love it. We've got all this uh, checklist. This summer is going to be busy. I don't know about yours, but mine is going to be very busy. <laughs> did you write down some tips? I yeah? did. All right. I did. Awesome. On your notes. All right. Please share them with me as well. Yeah. Well, this is the sad part. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and tips with us. Audrey, where can we follow what you're doing back in the West Coast? Well, my website is sunshine-parenting.com, and I have a lot of resources just about summer camp, and if you're sending your child to an overnight camp for the first time, which is really scary for parents, I have some resources and ideas for that. So that's probably the best place is at Sunshine Parenting. Sunshineparenting.com. Got it. Wonderful. Doctor, what is the takeaway for parents today on today's segment of The Struggle is of keeping it real? I think, one, just do some planning. Um, you don't have to break the piggy bank in order to provide enriching opportunities in the summer. Different family camps or different resources and the forest preserves and state parks and libraries and all these great things that you can tap into. Mm-hmm. But also, third, there's things within your schedule, like evenings, uh, weekends, that you can just create family traditions with a friend, a neighbor, popcorn night. There's different things that you can do 
do the don't break the bank and the our routine that you can create in the summer that could provide very enriching opportunities. The idea is to be present with your children and enjoy yes. them. They grow very fast and then they leave. So take the, <laughs> moment. <laughs> take the moment and enjoy it. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode of The Struggle is Real. Get more resources, as always, visiting FamilyBridgesUSA.org. Stay up to date. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Stay up to date with The Struggle is Real on social media with the hashtag The Struggle is Real, hashtag T-S-I-R. Thank you. Gracias for listening. I am Omar Ramos. I'm Dr. Alisa Laos. And I'm Veronica Avila. Till next time. time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.